Hello, everybody. Good to see you all on Facebook as well as on Zoom. We're so glad that you're able to be with us tonight at Spirit of Grace Church. We trust that your week is going well. And uh, we want to uh, invite you to open this uh, session tonight with prayer and just ask God to do a, a work in us and speak to our hearts. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together online and share uh, some thoughts from your word. And I pray, Lord, that something that would be said tonight would take up root in our spirits, Lord, and in the days to come, we would see the fruit of it. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. It's so good to uh, see everybody that's already joining on Facebook and all of you that have joined us on Zoom. Uh, we're, we're thankful for even the glitches of technology. At least we have uh, the ability to connect in this atmosphere. And uh, we're glad for what God is doing. He's doing some amazing things. We're having Baptism Sunday here at the church on this coming Sunday. And we've got at least 10 or 12 people already signed up to be baptized. So we're excited about that. And uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a great, um, a great night, great day, great afternoon, however you want to say it. So we're we're looking forward to it. And uh, tonight we want to. Uh, my wife mentioned something at the during worship on Sunday, and it's kind of just bubbled over. And she mentioned the concept of miracles. And uh, as I've been thinking today about what God would have us to look into tonight. I want to speak on this topic, positioned for a miracle, positioned for a miracle. I do believe that God is not done in the miracle working business. I believe he's still doing miracles today. Uh, I believe that when we become aware of what he's doing, we'll see more miracles. And so I want to break some of this down uh, so that in the days to come, that we would have the opportunity to see more of the move of God. I believe that we're living in a day and an age, uh, even in the midst of all of what's going on, that God is wanting to um, interact, intercept, if you will, the path of his people and be able to minister to us in divine and special ways. So just to begin with, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to John chapter 2, and I'll reference that here in just a couple of minutes. That'll be kind of the, um, the foundation, if you will, of this message. But uh, I, I looked up a couple of definitions for a miracle. The first definition that I found was, this was the meaning of it, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. The second uh, definition of miracle was an extremely outstanding or an unusual event, thing, or accomplishment. And, uh, and then I got to thinking, um, how can I encapsulate those two meanings together and, and come up with my own little meaning, if you will. And, and I came up with this. It's when the supernatural intersects the natural and causes the natural to change. It's when the supernatural or gets involved with the natural and the natural changes. Um, and we classify miracles in all sorts of ways. 
you know, blind eyes opened, the sick healed, the lame walking, the, uh, the mute beginning to talk, deaf ears hearing, um, things of that nature. Those are extraordinary miracles. And then there are miracles that we don't necessarily think about, but they're miraculous nonetheless. Every breath we take is really a miracle because our breath began when the supernatural or God himself breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. That's, that, that's miraculous. Our very breath is an absolute miracle of God. And we just kind of take that for granted, not recognizing that it's probably uh, really is the miraculous hand of God or the power of God working in us. <clears throat> and so tonight I want to talk a little bit about when God or the supernatural um, crosses paths with the natural and makes a change in the natural that the natural couldn't do on its own. Uh, a sick person can't heal themselves unless God's involved in it. Now we, we say, well, if they take the right medication and they do this right thing, well, even medication, as good as that is, is interacting with the divine hand of God within the body to heal. And so I give credit to God when anybody's healed of any sickness. But one of the things with miracles that we have to be careful of and we have to understand is the purpose of why God allows miracles to happen in the first place. There, we Miracles aren't designed to make our life on earth easier. Okay, we, we like to think that. We like to... We like to say that, you know, yeah, this, this did, you know, all of a sudden we had this financial miracle come in and because of that financial miracle, we were able to do this. Okay, it's not about making us comfortable on earth. There's two main purposes that I want to reference tonight as far as why God is still moving in the miraculous. The first one is to give a glimpse and a foretaste of what God, God's will will accomplish in the grand scheme of heaven when all sickness is gone, where all heartache is gone, where all, in other words, the miraculous really is God reaching into our future and pulling back the blessings of the kingdom of heaven into our natural life here on earth. We're getting just a peek, just a glimpse behind the, the, the future hope that we have. And so when we're in pain and God heals us of physical pain here on earth, that's just a glimpse into what God is ultimately going to do when the last trumpet sounds and we join him in heaven. Um, the other thing that I want you to remember as far as the purpose, it's a glimpse into the things of heaven or the kingdom of God and how he operates. But you also have to remember that if the Lord tarries, all miracles are temporal. All miracles are temporal, okay? The, one of the greatest miracles of the Bible is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out. And, and, uh, and so it was all set up that way. But here's the thing. Lazarus re-died, <laughs> okay? It was a temporal manifestation of the kingdom of God in the earth. Now, there's coming a day when the temporal aspect, and it's not going to then be miraculous because it's going to be the norm. The norm in the kingdom of God, the norm in, in heaven, if you will, is there is no heartache, there is no sickness, there is no sorrow, there is no pain, there is no suffering. That's permanent. 
But so right now we're getting glimpses of that kingdom in a temporal setting. And that's important to understand because when a miracle, when we need a miracle, we're not asking God, we're, well, let me rephrase it. We are asking God to pull something from the kingdom of heaven and intercept the path that we're taking on earth in order to make a change. But we have to understand that every miracle that he has given us is a temporal picture of what he's going to give us on a permanent basis when we walk into heaven. And so when you overcome sickness by the grace of God, the miracle of the healing power of the great physician, that should make you rejoice even more to know that there's coming a day when you're not even going to have to worry about sickness to begin with because it will already be taken care of and it will be the norm and it won't be the miraculous. When we get to heaven, I know this sounds elementary, but when we get to heaven, we're not going to be praying for miracles because Jesus is going to be right there. And so the kingdom of heaven will be alive and well right there. We'll be in it. And so we're not going to need the miraculous. So that's the number one purpose, I believe, of miracles is to bring a taste of heaven to taste. Uh, the scripture says we see through a glass darkly right now, but then face to face. We're seeing just a little bit of the miraculous power of God on the, on the earth to prepare us for the things that are... If we're not in awe of the things that God does now, the miraculous that God does now, we're never going to comprehend anything of what heaven's going to be like. When we enter to heaven, it's going to be mind-blowing if we haven't had a taste of it down here. And uh, so that's the first part of the purpose of a miracle. But the second purpose of a miracle is to me just as important, if not even more important, and that is every miracle is designed to reveal that there is a God, that Jesus is alive and well, and that he's still operating in the lives of man today. Uh, if you go into the hospital and a doctor will finally come to the conclusion where he doesn't have any answer, he says, it's just a miracle. It's a miracle of God. What that's doing is that's automatically allowing the glory of God to come alive because God has been able to reveal himself in a, in a distinct way to man on earth. So should we live from miracle to miracle and base all of our relationship with Jesus on miracles? That's not what I'm saying because the relationship shouldn't be built on miracles. It should be built on relations and getting to know one another, but in those moments when we absolutely need a miracle and Jesus steps in, it's just another revelation of who he is in his care for us, in his mercy for us, and if we're willing in, his, in the thing that he's going to allow us to step into uh, in glory and when we see him face to face. Here's what I worry about some Christians is that they're not going to recognize Christ when they get to heaven because they haven't spent the time trying to recognize him here on earth. And when you see all that he did, the, the creation itself is an absolute miracle of God. And when you see the awesome power of that creative force, it allows us to see a glimpse of who he is so that when we get to heaven, we can recognize him for who he is. And so that's, that, that's, just recapsulate just before we go into the next thing, but the definition is simply when the supernatural power of God gets involved with the natural and changes it, and the purpose is to give us a glimpse into glory, and it's to give us a new revelation of who Jesus is. And so uh, now I want to turn to John chapter 2. I had you turn there a little bit 
earlier, but um, this is the wedding in Cana where Jesus turns the water to wine. If you've ever been a part of a church for any length of time, I'm sure you've probably either heard this story or read this story. And even if you didn't go to church, a lot of people are aware of this story. But John chapter 2, verse 1, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man... At the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. That's an exciting story. And uh, I want to take that story and share with you what I believe are some positions to be ready for a miracle. See, part of the reason we don't see some of the miraculous today is because we're not positioned correctly. We're not in the right spot at the right time, looking the right direction. And if we can get these few principles that I wanna share with you tonight down, I believe that the miraculous will begin to flow even more freely so that you and I can be uh, the recipients of the move of God that he wants to have in this last day and age. And so the first principle in this passage that I want to share with you in positioning yourself for a miracle is you need to be in a place where a miracle is needed. That, that, that sounds pretty simple, but it's really the truth. All too often, we work ourselves out of a jam. We try to get ourselves out of a position or a place where, and we try to do it on our own so that the Lord doesn't have to really do anything for us. But until you allow yourself to get to that position, and, and either life will get you there, circumstance, people, uh, your bad decisions will oftentimes get you to the place where you need a miracle, or it's just life in general, and, and, and you need to have a miracle. These people were in Cana, they were at a wedding, and they had run out of wine. There was the need for a miracle in this place, in, the, in this situation. And so this, that leads me to, to the second um, principle, and that is this. We must be empty of natural solutions. Now, they couldn't just run down to the store back in that day. They didn't have, you know, Grubhub or, or DoorDash to deliver to them. They, they had no means of, of fulfilling what was expected at this wedding feast. So they were empty of any solution. Part of the reason that we pray for miracles and we don't see them is because there's still natural solutions. Um, I, I say it this way in, in church often. Um, when somebody is asking me to pray for a financial miracle, my first question to them will be, well, are you tithing? 
because the tithe is a partnership with God, and that's a natural solution based off of spiritual principles in Scripture that God says, if you'll tithe, you can try me and test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven for you. And so before we need the miracle of the financial blessing, we have to exhaust all of our natural solutions to our problem that we're, we're facing. And all too often, we want to bypass the natural solution because it means we have to do something. It means we have to sacrifice. We just want God to come in and poof, take care of everything. And, uh, and really what God is saying is, I'll take care of everything, but there are some things that, that you can do in the natural to take care of your solution. You know, I know just out of experience and talking with people, part of the reason people need a miracle from debt is because they've spent foolishly. Well, stop spending foolishly and you may not need that miracle. That's some natural solution. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I pray over our finance. I ask God to bless. But here's what I also understand is sometimes God's financial blessing isn't a check in the mail. It's four hours of overtime for a certain week. And uh, it's just kind of the way God does some things sometimes. So recognizing the miracle, but to get to the position of needing a miracle, all of the natural solutions need to be exhausted. We've got to do everything. Well, God, I need this deliverance from this anger. And it, well, have you forgiven? Have you, have you, is that forgiveness locking you up? Because the Bible even says, until you go and get forgiveness, leave your gift at the altar. And then come back when you take care of that. Those are some natural and yet spiritual, but natural things that you and I can do. And when we've exhausted all of those, then we can say, okay, God, we need a miracle. So that's positioning ourselves for a miracle. In this place, in Cana, they had exhausted. They had no way or no means of being able to carry the feast on with the wine. And the governor of the feast was expecting it. And so they get to this third one, and that is they bring uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, in, and she says to them after a conversation with the Lord, I, I want you to notice how Mary handles Jesus as only a mom can, um, because she said, you know, Jesus, they don't have any wine. And he says, well, what's that to me? It's not my problem. And uh, she doesn't respond to that. She doesn't get into a, an argument with Jesus about what he can and what he can't do. All she does is look at the servant and says, just do whatever he tells you to do. Uh, and, and sometimes we just need to get to the place where we just do whatever he tells us to do, even when it doesn't make sense. See, part of the problem is, is we like to say we listen to the, to the word of God and we listen to what God says, but um, we really don't <laughs> because all of a sudden he'll tell us to do something and it doesn't make any sense to us. And, and sometimes it makes us feel even foolish um, to, to do some of the things that... But the Bible says this, from the foolishness of preaching, many are saved. That's not just talking about being a fool up on a platform preaching a message like I do on Sundays. That is declaring foolishly in a foolish manner what you, where you feel foolish. For it can be as simple as feeling foolish talking about God in a grocery store. It can be as simple as feeling foolish about, uh, about stopping at the, the person down the street and telling them that Jesus loves them. There's all kinds of foolish acts, we, we call them foolish, embarrassing acts or uncomfortable acts or out of the norm. Uh, it makes us look uncool at times. Um, but it's in the midst of all of that that God 
is getting ready to perform a miracle. And so she tells these servants whatever he tells you. Now, I think if Jesus would have said, go jump in a lake, they, they, and they would have done it, the water would have turned to wine in the lake. I don't know how, I'm just reading between the lines. Whatever Jesus says. So here Jesus looks around, and there's some empty water pots there. And, and he says, fill them up with water. Now, if it was me, and I was the servant, and Jesus was telling me, okay, we're needing wine, and he's telling me to fill the I'm wasting my time filling this up with water. But Mary must have held some clout, must have had some uh, influence there. And so they did what Jesus said. And I like how the scripture says that they filled it up to the brim. When it doesn't make sense, and it seems to be a little bit risky, fill it up anyhow, all the way that you can. And, uh, so here again, they're filling this pot up with water and they're not, they don't know what's getting ready to happen. See, we, we've got hindsight. We know the end of the story. They did not. They were just being obedient to what Jesus told them to do. And really they weren't even being obedient to Jesus. They were being obedient to Mary. That's a, that's a key understanding. Sometimes there's people in your lives that will step in and you do something because they've asked you to do it uh, in re reference to what the Lord says. And we're like, I don't think so. I know what they did last week. I'm not listening to them. And, uh, and God's using them as an instrument to get something to begin to happen that will create a miracle to position us for the miraculous to take place. And uh, fill it up anyhow, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it doesn't make sense. Okay. I mean, you think about <clears throat> all through Scripture, God doesn't make sense to, to the, the supernatural doesn't make sense to the natural. Why does it make sense for the children of Israel to walk around Jericho one time for six days and seven times for seven and then shout and break the jars and hope that something happens? It doesn't make sense. And they must have felt foolish walking around not saying anything for six days every time they walked around the and seven times the seventh day, not talking to one another, not saying anything. I think every night they came back to the camp and while they were sitting there by the fire, they were wondering what Joshua was doing, what God was doing. It didn't make any sense. All they were doing is walking and they should, they should be attacking. They should be fighting. No, listen, it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Naaman in the Old Testament to go wash in Jordan. That was almost... Uh, an oxymoron, if you will, because the Jordan was a very dirty river. But you're going to go, he was a leper that was healed of leprosy, and the prophet told him to go dip in the water seven times, and, and why not six? Why not five? Just do what the prophet told you to do. And when he did it the seventh time in the muddy Jordan, his leprosy was healed. All through scripture, you see the, the miraculous of God happen when the natural is doing something that doesn't make sense to the natural. And the reason why it doesn't make sense to us in the natural realm is because of the scripture that says his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. No man can know what he's thinking. It's, it's too far beyond us. So we're better off just saying, if you said it, I'll do it. Because when we do it, then it begins to happen. Now, that, that leads us to the, this principle here. Um, even... Let me bring it back to these these servants. I don't know about you, but I would be kind of nervous 
when Jesus tells me to draw out from this pot that I knew I just filled with water and take it to the governor of the feast who's expecting wine, who has the authority to punish these servants for disobedience, really for anything that they wanted to be punished for. And so here these guys are taking this water out of a water pot. They had to be trembling. They had to be fearful because in their minds, they are carrying a cup of water to the, the, the governor of the feast who's expecting wine. They're, in their mind, they're thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trick this guy with water. Uh, this isn't even Kool-Aid. This is water. And, uh, and, and so I, there's times in our life where, where God will say, you know, do this. And it can be something that's fearful. You see, we picture, I don't know why we've done it, but we picture the miraculous as being something that's totally done outside of anything that we have to do. Sometimes we have to do some things that are fearful. Sometimes we have to, that don't make us comfortable, that get us to a place that doesn't make sense. Okay? And in the midst of that, Somewhere along the line, from the time that they drew it until the water hit the governor's lips, somewhere in that transition, there was a miracle that took place. The Bible doesn't reference when it was. Uh, it doesn't say that the water in the water pots was what were turned into wine. It just says somewhere in there, the water that was turned into wine by the time it got to the governor. Here's what I just kind of believe. The water pots were always filled with water. And when the servants were obedient to serve the, the governor or the people with that water, as they were transitioning from the water pot to the, the receiver of the miracle, the miracle took place. As you act upon what God is asking you to do, as you are walking after what he's encouraging you to do, I believe that God will release the miracle in your life. If those servants would have stayed in the back room and not brought the water out to the governor, we may not have seen the water turn to wine. And if we had not seen the water turn to wine, the beginning of miracles may not have happened the way that it's written about. But because these servants took their life in their hands, really, because they were going to this master, to the governor. They were doing that which was uh, really could have been trepidatious. And when they did that, God performed the miracle. Listen, when you're getting ready and positioning yourself for a miracle, there's going to come a time when you're going to have to step out in fear even and trepidation and nervousness and uncomfortableness because when you do that, that's when the miracle is going to take place. Let, let me take it from this to some of the other miracles in the Bible. It had to be a little worrisome at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer and told the gentleman after he had been sitting at this gate for years probably begging for alms and he reaches down and he says okay silver and gold have i none but such as i have give i thee in the name of jesus christ rise up and to take that hand and to actually try to stand up that had to be some fear there he hadn't stood for a long time let alone walk and the bible says once the miracle hit him he leapt and he jumped for joy and worship and, and, and so you see all kinds of miracles in the scripture that it's in that moment of decision, that moment of being uncomfortable with your situation, that's when the miraculous takes place. 
And um, we get this mindset, and I don't know where it's come from, but maybe it's just because of our humanity, where we just want God to just do it. Just want God to do it. God, just take care of this pandemic. Just wipe it out. Well, he will, but he's expecting us to do some things. He's expecting us to walk in some directions. God, take away this violence and all this. Yes, but we have to do some things that sometimes aren't comfortable. We have taken several months now of evaluating who we are as people in this day and age, what we're going to stand for, what we're going to abide by, what our mind changes have been. And some of them have been difficult changes. Some of them maybe not so difficult. But in all of those, as we become uncomfortable, the miraculous has started to move. There has been a shaking in the spirit of the miraculous power of God. I believe that God is getting ready to pour out a dynamic move of his spirit. We're already seeing it in the middle of all this. We're, we're having several baptisms here. If you watch online, you're seeing all around America. Uh, uh, my wife posted this week a, a, of a beach uh, service out in California where thousands of people had gathered and the power of God was moving. And that, that's a miracle that was taking place. The miraculous is happening now. We just need to recognize and we have to recognize it when it begins to happen and it begins to happen when we begin to move. God's just not going to do it on our behalf. He's wanting to use us as instruments and tools of the miraculous so it behooves us to get into position for a miracle. Praise God. As we recognize when the miracle takes place, it's upon that recognition that then we need to turn things around and say, to God be the glory. It's not because we finally figured it out. <laughs> it's not because we finally did the right thing and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, it, it's all fallen into place. It's because we've been used by God and God has stepped in supernaturally and placed it. There are some people that are listening to me tonight that you are in the throes of decision. You are walking a path, whether it be a God path or whether it be a, a, a human path and you're making, you're trying to make decisions. Can I just encourage you to seek out God and go down the less comfortable path? Because when you step into that area, that's where the miraculous begins to take place. God is wanting us to be transformed and changed. There's some of you that are in, in, at a crossroads of, of your relationship with Christ. And he's calling you to deeper levels. But you know that if you go deeper with him, he, there's going to be some more expectations that he places on you. Go ahead and take that step. The miraculous will be waiting there for you. When you step into those things, even when it doesn't feel good, um, it's, it's going to make a difference in your life. I, I remember uh, you know, praying for people, and, and you can sense when you're, when you're praying for them that God's getting ready to take them into a different dimension or a deeper dimension, and they want to hold back, because, and, and I'll whisper into their ear, and I, I think I learned this from my mother-in-law, I'm not sure, but I'll whisper into their ear and I'll tell them, it's going to feel like you just did 100 sit-ups, but it's going to feel a whole lot better. There, there's going to be, and just keep pushing into that thing called grace and, and, and expend the energy to go into that uncomfortable place because as you do that, what's uncomfortable in the natural is powerful in the supernatural. 
when you become comfortable in your own self, that's when you are going to fall back and, or fall short of the miraculous thing that God has for you. And so for those of you that are at this crossroads of decision, when you list the pros and cons of the decision, just because all of the pros are there doesn't necessarily mean that's the way to go. You need to ask God, God, where are you? I want to go where you are. And if I have to fill some empty water pots with water and draw them out and fearfully take them to the step down that pathway, I'm going to trust that your miracle is there waiting for me, even though it's not the comfortable path to take. And, uh, and so when you recognize that the miraculous is right behind your actions. Well, pastor, why don't we have more miracles today like they did in the Bible days? Well, have we positioned ourselves for miracles? Or have we become so consumed with what we can do as people? Where what we can do and the ingenuity that we have used as human beings and, and, and some of the, the brainiacs out there today blow my mind what they can come up with and what they can do just even with this the, this COVID, can, uh, imagining how, how do you break down a virus? How do you figure out what's going to handle getting it under the microscopes and doing the, the brain is, it blows my mind that there's people that understand all that and can do all of that. And, and I think some of that has spilled over just that mindset. We don't need as much as what they needed in the day that all the miracles were taking place. And so we have removed us from the position of a miracle. Dare I say that if we want more miracles to take place, we need to get to more Cana weddings where there's a problem, where there's a situation where we allow ourselves not to be delivered from the storm, but to go through the storm, not to be delivered out of the situation, but walk through the situation, because the miracle is always going to be in the middle of the storm in the middle of the problem. You're not going to get your miraculous before you have an issue, before you have a problem. The miracle is the supernatural intervention uh, in, into that natural problem. And so it, it's kind of like even with Gideon in the Old Testament when God was testing him and his leadership and allowing certain amounts to to, to decrease, and I can't remember the exact numbers offhand, but I know he ended up with like 300 soldiers to fa face this and you're thinking, oh my word, what's going on? I, I can't imagine what Gideon was actually thinking because it did not make sense that he could ever be victorious being outmanned as he was, but he kept moving in the uncomfortable because he knew that the supernatural was going to be there. And, and when you have that confidence in God, it's not about what you're doing or where you're at. It's about what he's getting ready to do. And so I want to encourage you to position yourself um, to, to receive a miracle. That means you have to let some things go. That means you have to let some of your ingenuity go and stop trying to figure everything out. We're, we're terrible at that. And I know I say this all the time, but I know who we are as people. We can try it. We'll sit down and we'll try to figure out, we get in, and, and, and I don't know why finances keep coming to my head because it's just the thing that most people, all of us have struggled with at time to time, but we'll sit down and we'll have a financial difficulty. Okay, well, I can borrow from here and I can, I can take it from here. I can sell this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do, and we try to figure out how to get our situation fixed. And, um, we do it with relationships. We do it with jobs. We do it, you know, if I just do this amount of the work, then I can step into this job and I can go this direction. 
and, and we try to figure it all out. Well, as we're trying to figure it out, we're missing the opportunity for a miracle because we're not we're getting ourselves out of position. Get yourself into the position where you need the miracle, where you've tried everything in the natural, where you're listening to just doing what Jesus said, even if it doesn't make sense, and then stepping into the foolish act of doing whatever he says, because for whatever reason, God, I think God has a, a sense of humor. I, I really do. God has a sense of humor by um, asking us to do some things that may be a little embarrassing. And I think he sits back and he smiles and he says, well, if they'll do that, then I'll, I'll come through for them. <laughs> uh, the flip side of that is when I, I, I directed dramas for several years and we've, in the churches that I've been at, we've, we've done dramas. I grew up around dramas. And uh, I always told our actors, because obviously we never really had professional actors. We just had common church folk and people that wanted to uh, try to pretend to be a disciple or, or, or marry. And we, just we just did it that way and i always said this at the beginning of our rehearsals and that was this if you feel absolutely foolish up here you're looking to the audience you're looking like you're nailing the, the, the role if you think you're cool up here it's falling flat out there there's something about and so if you go to a play you're if they're overacting and and you, you feel absolutely foolish but you're going to hear people say man that, you just you sold that it was good well that's what we have to do sometimes god is wanting us to just act like we can't control it just get out there and do something that doesn't make sense to us that that makes us feel foolish because that is going to be received and the miraculous will step in and then the last thing that i want to share with you tonight about being positioned for a miracle is this. Don't miss the fact that the majority of miracles today, God uses other people to perform them. Now, I know he can do anything he wants to do, and he can speak to anything he wants to speak, and it can happen. But the miracles that are done today are not the miracles the way Jesus did them because Jesus was doing them. But G Jesus told the disciples that greater things than these shall you do because he understood that he was going to use people to be the instrument or the tool for the miraculous. Okay, what, what do I mean by that? Notice that Jesus never touched the water pot. He never spoke to the water. He never touched the water. He never drew out the water, and he never went to the governor of the feast. He used the servants that were being obedient to what he was saying. You have to recognize that the governor of the feast looked at the servants and actually gave credit to the bridegroom and not credit to who Jesus. They said nobody knew it except for the servants. You see, God uses people to perform the miraculous in our lives, and we do we don't recognize that oftentimes. In fact, the writer of Hebrews said it this way. He said, uh, be careful of angels unaware. You, you, don't, you don't recognize that there's angels that have stepped into your life and you're not aware of it. We need to ask God, Lord, help me to recognize the person or the people or the situation that you're going to use to perform the miracle. Since we've been pastoring, we have prayed on several different occasions, Lord, send us the right people at the right time. And invariably, 
just at the moment where discouragement sets into the church, God sends somebody that they may not even know what they're doing. They're just there. But they bring something that was missing and it explodes in the church and they may only be there for a time or a season, but what they have brought to the church has taken us from one level to the next. And God is do, does that with people. He's using you and I. So recognize two things, that God will use others to perform a miracle in your life, but then also recognize that God is wanting to use you as the miracle for somebody else. You see, the, the, the concept of the, the Good Samaritan, that was a miracle. God was using the Good Samaritan to be the miracle for the man that was beaten. God was using somebody, and the first two decided that they weren't going to be the miracle. The third guy was the miracle, and the fourth guy, the, the, the injured guy, became the miracle. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to understand that we have to recognize those that step into our lives as the miracle uh, instrument to bring the miracle, and then we have to recognize that Maybe God's asking us to pray because he's wanting to use us to be a miracle. Maybe that, that, that push of the spirit to pick up the phone and give somebody a call and just say, I'm, I'm praying for you, I miss you, I love you. And maybe that's the instrument that God is asking you to use at this moment to speak the miraculous power of God into somebody's life. God uses people and God uses, it may have never happened had had the disciples or had the servants not seen and done what Jesus did in that moment. You see, it's when the miraculous begins to take place that Jesus gets revealed. I, I shared with you, I believe it was last week, some of the sayings that I wrote down in my Bible. There's one that that I, I can't remember if I shared it with you or not, but it's this. I, I, no, but not many people. I shouldn't say nobody because there's always exceptions to the rule. But most people will not drive out to the country and sit out in front of a red barn and just stare at it. But you light that barn on fire and people will come and stare and watch it burn. What am I saying? Here's what I'm saying is people aren't looking just for other people. They're looking for a fire the fire of the Holy Ghost burning in us. And as we let the miraculous power of the Spirit of God burn in us, they will begin to see, not us, not the barn, they're going to see the flames of the Spirit. And when you see the flames of the Spirit of God, you will be, they will be drawn to the things of God, and Jesus will be revealing himself to them in a brand new way. It's being positioned for a miracle. Listen, I pray that we have miracle after miracle after miracle, but I also understand what that means. That means that some of us are going to need some miracles. That means some of us are going to have to be some miracles. That means some of us are going to have to do some crazy things for God that don't make any sense. That means that some of us are going to have to give up our planning mindset. Uh, I, I saw a, a neat post from one of our destiny uh, fellow destiny pastors he is he's got all the calendars up on the wall and and he said i'm a planner uh extraordinaire he says i plan to make a plan to make a plan to plan it and uh he said what this season has done is it has shown him i can't make the plans i just need to follow him 
listen, we have as a church, as, as the pastor here, we've looked at calendars, my wife and I trying to figure out, okay, what can we really put on the agenda? What can we put on the calendar? Because we don't know what's getting ready. And we've just said, we're just going to have to play it by ear. <laughs> we're going to have to be led of the spirit. We're going to have to let the miracles of God direct our path. And when the miracle opens up the direction for us to go, we need to be ready to jump. And as we jump, God will put the platform underneath us to land on. As we move, he'll, he'll do it. And I'll close with this tonight. And, and that is simply this. When my boys were young, um, hence much smaller, um, but when we would go, I had a, uh, when Owen was just a, a baby, you know, up until five, we lived in Kansas City. And uh, we had a pool in our backyard. And uh, we loved it. But uh, when he was a, a baby, we'd try to get him to come and stand on the edge of the pool and jump off into the water. And he just wouldn't do it. And so I went over and I would stand in front of him. I said, okay, Owen, jump. I'll catch you. You'll be fine. But I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump. I don't want to just jump. And well, finally he, he jumped and I grabbed a hold of him and it was fun. Well, once he did it once, you know, then it was an all afternoon experience. And I was having to have him jump up on the edge and he'd jump into my arms into the pool. And until finally he jumped and I moved and he landed in the water without me catching him. And then he realized, oh, I can do that. Well, I believe God does the same thing. He has it. We're all standing at the edge of a miracle. We're all standing at the edge of something dynamic and we're afraid to jump. We're afraid to step into that, that realm of the unknown. And God is just saying to us tonight, just jump. I'll catch you. Just, just go ahead and jump. And if you jump once and he catches you, then you're going to want to do it again. And then you're going to want to do it again. And eventually God will step out of the way when you jump and you will just be in the middle of an anointing that, that he hasn't had to catch you. You've just been absorbed by it. You're just operating in it. You're swimming in it. And then he's going to go to a deeper end of the pool and say, okay, now come and join me out here. And then come and join me out here. That's how God is wanting us to work in this day and age of the, of the need for the miraculous. When the miraculous power of God, when we position ourselves for the miraculous power of God to move, if we're willing to jump, he's going to catch us and use us. My prayer for you tonight is that you would find your miracle, but more than that, that you would be positioned for your miracle. Would you just pray with me as we close tonight? Jesus, for all of those that have joined us online, we're so thankful, God, that you're able to minister across the airwaves. And I'm asking you, Lord, to go into their room, wherever they're watching this right now, and I'm asking you to embrace them with the power of Almighty God. Lord, we need the miraculous hand of God in this day and hour. And so I'm asking you to help us as your children to position ourselves to be ready for the miraculous move of God and begin to walk towards that miracle and take a leap of faith and jump into your arms and allow you to use us like we've never been used before. I speak against the voice of the enemy that would try to distract that would try to hinder. I come against the voice of division. I come against the voice of anger. I come against the voice of jealousy. Lord, I'm loosing the almighty power of God in this day and this age all across these airwaves at Spirit of Grace Church. Let the power of the almighty God flow through us, in us, around us, saturate and consume us with your glory. We'll be careful to give you praise and honor. 
In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Facebook tonight. We are meet at 10110 Woodcrest Drive. If you are local and need a home church to come to 1030 on Sunday, we're having baptism Sunday. We've got several, at least 10 or 12 already scheduled to be baptized. Looking for more. It's going to be a great, great day. Come and worship with us if you'd like. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week.